do a lot of starting and stopping and researching while we're while we're talking and it's not like free flow like this so. right right so you're trying to make it like a kind of a perfect final product yeah and i i hate it because I, I like i like just talking without like just cutting off the end of it and cutting off the start of it putting the music on and then exporting it it's like mm -hmm. the the perfect environment because mm -hmm. we cut like and this podcast is explicit we cut nothing so mm -hmm. yeah unless like one of us has to really go to the bathroom speaking of not cutting hello and welcome to the full volume podcast i am your host jolie gi jolie and this week harvey brent has a previously wait a previously scheduled engagement and by engagement, I mean it was an engagement. Now it's a wedding. Uh, a couple of friends of ours are getting married. So uh, with absolutely no fanfare or surprise, because you can see his face right now, I am joined by um, Mike L. of the Comic Book Syndicate slash Here Comes the Spider cast. Yo, it's funny because I was like, I, I couldn't remember where to look. So I was like waving over here at the camera. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing. Thank you for being here today. No problem. Uh, yeah. And because we're on a break from Loki, uh, a what if starts on the 11th, which is in a couple weeks, we got some time to chat about very specific things. And the one thing we've decided and that you've definitely decided that you love to see us do is talk about comics Rank the films of comics adjacent actors. So today's episode, we're going to be doing the top five. Top five of each, yep. All right. We're going to cover Scarlett Johansson and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Two of our personal favorites, or as they like us to call them, ScarJo and our pets. So... <laughs> Um, the views expressed are completely our own. So if you don't agree with this, we don't care. Um, if you agree with this, we still don't care. No, it, that's totally mm -hmm. awesome. Um, these lists are also affected by our ability to have watched them all and remember, right. and most importantly to like remember them all. So, um, we'll start, we'll start with Scarlett Johansson. Sure. Yeah. Okay. She has more, I would say, I mean, I didn't compare, but I think she has more films, right? I mean, she's more prolific, you could say, I believe. But I could double check that while we're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ne never did the twain meet, which is which is weird. Mm-hmm. Good point. Because it feels like Scarlett Johansson has been in everything. Yes, for a while. Yes. Yeah. Been in everything except for in our Pats movie, so. Right. Uh, we'll rank them from one to five or five to one. Uh, five to one. Okay. And I, just for the record, uh, Robert Pattinson's been in 38 films and Scarlett, is it Johansson or I should know this or Johansson? I call her Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Scarlett Johansson has been in 72 films. So she's <laughs> definitely done more. Okay. There you go. Well, well, well. Okay, cool. Um, I, I don't know, like, Joet, since you're, since you are our esteemed guest, we can start with your top or your number five pick. Sure. 
Okay, so I'm hoping that there are some films on this list that people haven't heard of, but I'm not picking them for obscurity. I'm picking them for what I think are her best films and her best performances. So number five is Jojo Rabbit. Whoa. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then we can rotate. And I don't want to have all the same ones as you and then me talk first, but I'll just talk about this one. Um, this is a movie set in um, World War II uh, Germany. And obviously this is happening during the Holocaust. Uh, made in 2019, directed by uh, Taika Waititi, who directed um, Thor um, Ragnarok and is directing Thor Love and Thunder. And I'll just say that it skirts the line between tragedy and comedy like almost no other film I've seen. And her performance is great, and I recommend it highly. Okay. Well, that's really funny. I highly recommend it, too. And it it made my list, but it was not number five. <laughs> It's like way higher than that. <laughs> I mean, you could you could take my whole list and flip it and it would still I would agree with it. Like Jojo Rabbit could be number one. Like I love that movie. I really love it. So Yeah, I really I really liked her in it. Jojo Rabbit was a strange mix of serious. Oh, that's the other thing too, I should say, is that if you haven't if you don't want to be spoiled, we will spoil movies. So Turn this off now if you're listening and don't want to be spoiled. Right. Um, so getting back to what I was saying about being spoiled and as it relates to Jojo Rabbit. Her her character and the boy who plays her son, such a good mix of comedy and like dramatics. Like like crazy dark comedy. Right. Um Oh, I don't know. Sorry, I did the, the the film was so good, and I can't, um, I can't. I mean, I can't fault her accent. No, I can forgive that. I mean, yeah. And you know, let's just be, uh, one thing I should also point out that there are times where I'm watching Avengers or whatever, and I'm kind of over her. I'm and I'm just like, why is this woman so big and so successful and so often used? But then you'll see one of these movies in my list, or I'll see one of them, and then I'll be quickly reminded why she's used, because she is a good actress. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, sometimes she's out of her element, but um, her acting's great in Jojo Rabbit, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see here. Uh, okay. I, maybe I'll save my where I ranked Jojo Rabbit, and we'll, we'll wait. I'll, okay. And then we'll move on to my number five. Sure. So... Weirdly, I have a few Woody Allen movies on here. I mm. didn't even realize that this film was directed by Woody Allen. I just really liked it. It's the first time I'd seen a movie like this. It is 2008's Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I forgot she was in that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really weird. Uh, she goes with her friend to, on holiday and they meet an they meet an artist and I had, I had personally watched it because Javier Bardem was in it mm -hmm. and he plays the artist and both of the women are extremely like both of the women develop relationships with this artist mm -hmm. gentleman. It's, it's weird. It's the first, it was the first film that really had me like <clears throat> feeling, feeling feelings about relationships that I had not felt felt before, sure. and uh, 
I mean, the the whole cast is really good. It's like Penelope Cruz, her, and Javi Bardem. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's my number five. I don't even know. I looked at all of the movies that she was in, and I was like, oh, there's so many that are good. But right. this one really, it's not even that it's good or better than others. It's the one that I remember the most. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is my number five. Have you seen it? Yes, years ago. And I'll just say Woody Allen is absolutely one of my favorite filmmakers and writers. Like he is, you know, I mean, his dialogue is so sharp. Um, and, I, and I've got a Woody Allen movie in here as well, but I won't say which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> so moving along, I guess we'll get to your number four. Sure. I'm also going to eat dinner. No problem. While we record this. Okay. So- so my number four, I believe this was the first film I ever saw her in. Ghost World. Um, oh, yes. That's my number four, too. Oh, good. I mean, I love this movie. The first time I saw it, I didn't love it as much as repeated viewings. But this movie is so, especially after you read the comic book and you kind of get a different perspective on it. I actually think the movie did a really good job of combining all these different stories together to give them one sort of through line. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought she was really good in this film. I got to admit, I liked Thora Birch better, her character better, and her acting better. But Scarlett Johansson was great in this film. And if you haven't seen Ghost World, it, it is based on a comic book. So I highly recommend it. And it's a great comic book, too. Mm-hmm. So it was based on... It was a series of stories. Right. Uh, by Daniel Klaus, who's one of my particular favorites. Mm-hmm. Um. Also starring Steve Buscemi, which yes. is why I watched this movie. Also, okay, well, the second reason why I watched this movie, the third reason why I watched this movie was for Thor Birch. Um, I, Thor I yeah. grew uh, one of my like childhood go-to films was that movie Now and Then, where there's like a group of four girls: her, Christina Ricci, Ashley Aston Moore, and Gabby Hoffman play like a group of girls who all live in the same subdivision in like the 40s or 50s. And I've they, never seen that. Wow. Really? It's so cute. They get into hijinks. There's a summer of love. There's a summer of supernatural mystery. It's like amazing. Um, they they also have like their older selves in the film as well. <laughs> Hold on. I need to I need to talk about this movie. I need to get it out. Because everybody who grew up in the 90s probably was in love with Devin Sawa and he was in this film and he was one of the main reasons why a lot of people watched it. But the older versions of uh, another reason why this film was probably, I'm really surprised that you didn't hear about this film because the older versions of those girls were played by Demi Moore, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, oh. Rita, Wilson, Rita Wilson and oh, Melanie Griffith. Um, yes, I'm looking it up right now. It's one of those ones I definitely heard of, but I just never saw it. You should watch it. Okay. It's, it's a trip. Oh, Janine Garofalo's in it, too. I love Speaking Janine Garofalo. Of a Summer of Supernatural Mystery. She plays a medium that the girls go and visit because they... Now I'm just ranking Thor Birch films. Mm. <laughs> that they go and see a psychic because they're always, like, trying to channel spirits in the cemetery. Mm. And somehow they fall upon this mystery of a kid named like there's a tombstone that says Dear Johnny and they want to find out who Johnny is. So they see Janine Garofalo to see if she can like help get some answer. (laughs) 
And and who did you say that most people saw it for? Was it Devin Sawa? Yeah. He was like a blonde kid. He was in Casper. Um, Actually, I've never seen that. He was in, he played the human version of Casper. Okay. But he was also. um, Yes. I'm I'm looking him up now. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. And I'm looking through all of his movies. Mm -hmm. SLC Punk, but I don't remember that. Yeah, Final Destination, which was really, really popular. Um, there was one where he was in uh, he was in another movie with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, okay. where they played brothers, and they at the same time were, quote, teen heartthrobs. Mm. Um, it was him, another guy, and Jonathan Taylor. Was it Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Oh, no. Oh, he also played Eminem in the Stan video. I just saw that. And also, I just found out he did the voice for Flash Thompson in one of the Spider-Man cartoons. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Because we talked about Casper the one time. You're like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a movie called Wild America. Anyway. Okay. You're saying. (laughs) It's funny. There's some actors, they just, they can do like 30 movies. And I just coincidentally haven't seen any of them. And I guess he's one of those guys. Yeah, my like my when I was I must have been like eleven or twelve, but my walls were covered in posters of Devin Sawa and Jonathan Taylor Thomas mm-hmm. and Jerry O'Connell. Okay, which of course I know him from my secret identity. And sliders, right? Did you not watch sliders? Uh is that a show? Okay, so my not. number three pick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a show. It's a show. Okay, they, no, I haven't seen it. They slid through time, like a, a porthole. Okay, no, I haven't went seen to other it. Dimensions. Okay, so anyway. Yes, number four for me is also Ghost World. Um, nice. Do you know what, to be honest, when I watched the film, I hated her character. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the way that she treated... Uh, so she was Rebecca and just the way that she treated Enid like she, when they go off to find an apartment right 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 and Enid kind of doesn't really have it together right yeah anyway. yeah well that's also one of the when I first saw her I was kind of one of those like wait is she just being really is she a bad actress or is that her shtick like the way she's so flat her delivery but now mm-hmm. that I've seen her in a million movies I realize no that's just her thing but she is a good actress obviously mm-hmm Okay, so I'll move on with my number three. Sure. Because we've already heard about it. We've already talked about it a little bit. So I have Jojo Rabbit at number three. Great. Yeah. So no one needs to hear about it anymore. What's your number three? My number three is a Woody Allen film, one of his best, called Match Point. (laughs) Is that on your list? Yep. Match Point. I just rewatched it again for maybe the third or fourth time. I love that movie. Now... The good thing about it is if you don't like Woody Allen, it's the perfect movie movie for you because he's not in it, right? A lot of people don't like Woody Allen on screen because he's always magically playing a 60-year-old that dates 22-year-old women. No comment. But uh, Match Point is an excellent film. Um, The writing's great. The directing's great. Like the economy of the directing. Just the simplicity of like everything about it. It's just – it moves along so quickly even though it's just people talking in rooms pretty much. But it's a, it's a, I guess you could call it a suspense thriller slash drama. Not really a comedy, but some, the dialogue yeah. is excellent. Yeah. It's weird. It's like a romantic thriller. And it mm-hmm. also stars Jonathan Rhys Myers. 
Uh, yep. Who else? Emily. That mousy sort of brunette woman who I love. British accent. Yeah, I'm looking up uh, looking up right now. Um, Emily Mortimer. Yeah. No. Yes. She's so good. Yes, I like her too. Yeah, and he feels so bad for her. And I just, mm-hmm. this is, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that you described who like kind of shies away from Woody Allen movies because Woody Allen is in them and he's dating like 12 year olds. But I digress. Excuse me. Um, I just realized too, looking at the cast list, Matthew Good is in this movie. Holy crap. But anyway, um, so good. They call it a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what the premise is, Jonathan Reese Myers gets married. He's married to Emily Mortimer. And he starts to have an affair or a emotional relationship with uh, Scarlett Johansson's character. And then it goes from there, yeah. Yeah. And honestly... Um, He's a great. This is the te- this is a testament to the fact that Woody Allen is a great character director. He, I just remember uh, Scarlett Johansson the way that she, like, at first you're not behind her because she's mm-hmm. the other woman, right? But the more she urges uh, Jonathan Reese Myers' character to like to leave his wife. It it gets more desperate, right? And it's a it's a really good show of her acting ability. Yes, more and more desperate to the point where she's like frantic, which in turn creates like this this like crazy chaotic energy, which leads to her death. I would cut that out, but I don't like why because it. it, it's the climax of the film. I just said I was going to spoil films. Okay. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, I thought it was really good. The The scene in the bedroom where they're arguing is so well written. That's the scene that really sold it for me as far as her acting. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is your... My number two? Or... Yeah. Okay. This is a or film... Have you... Yeah, I've done, all... I've done five, four, three. Yep, so in my number two, a film I assume a lot of people haven't seen, but... I could not believe how good this film was is under the skin. Have you seen this film? I have. I walked out of it. Oh, it's honestly, it's one of the best films I've ever seen. I that's, honestly, that's hilarious. I was like, no, there's no way that that one's going on my list. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Jonathan Glazer. Who's only done three, three movies, sexy beast birth and under the skin. I've only seen sexy beast again, a great movie. Under the Skin, the thing about it is it's a completely unconventional film. And I don't really want to, I won't spoil what the premise is because it kind of reveals as it goes along. But it's basically Scarlett Johansson driving around in a van and picking up men and having sex with them. And that's all I can really say about it, but very stylish. And this guy is, the, the, the director is, um, no, he's British completely outside the norm of Hollywood filmmaking conventions. So I definitely recommend the movie. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. But you weren't a fan. No. I went okay. to see this, I think, let's see. I, I walked into movie theater with Julie, and there was, like, nothing on mm-hmm. or nothing happening at the time. But we're like, what's under the skin? So we Googled it, and we're like, oh, it's a Scarlett Johansson film. It's probably going to be really good. 
So we go in and we watch part of it. And she, I think at some point Julie turned to me is like, what is going, what is this? Mm-hmm. What? No, I, she said she, she said she got madder and madder the more we watched. And she, it got to the point where we just walked out. I so, think you should give another chance. It's really good. It's yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, we might have to. I wasn't, we, we might have been hungry. I don't know. I can't explain. I can't explain it. Because I watched the trailer um, just to kind of refresh my memory uh, while I was making my list to see if I had seen it. And I I was like, oh, this is that movie. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> okay. So Match Point is number two on my list. And Under the Skin is number two on yours. Mm-hmm. I think we both have the same number one. Probably. Yeah, I mean. Well, you want to do count of three? One. Oh, wait. <laughs> so on four, on four. Okay, ready? So you count to three. And then on the fourth beat, we'll say it at the same time. Ready? Like one, two, three, four, or three, two, one. No, one, three, two, one, name of the movie. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Avengers Endgame. Marriage Story. <laughs> no, Marriage Story, right? Of yeah, course. it's Marriage Story. <laughs> so good. Avengers Ultron 2. Oh, my God. No, Avengers 2. Anyway, yeah, I ruined the joke. Anyway, um... Yeah, Marriage Story. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, Noah Baumbach, who I, I saw his first movie, what, 25 years ago, thought, uh, which was Kicking and Screaming. thought it was excellent. Mm-hmm. And I then was so ex- um, excited by Marriage Story that I went back and rewatched his entire filmography. He is so good. Everyone go and do it. He's an excellent director. Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> Uh, what else should we say? I still hate Squid. Did he do Squid and the Whale? Yeah, and you know what? I hated that movie when I saw it, but when I rewatched it again, I, I think the pretension of what's the lead lead the father's name? Um, Daniel, the guy from Michigan. Oh, what's his name? The guy Sorry. from Michigan. Yeah, he's from Michigan. Squid. Um, Squid and the Whale. Woman plays the wife okay hold on a sec here squid and the whale oh i know he's from michigan because he owns a theater there that i've been to okay laura linney right oh do you know what i think the addition of jesse eisenberg kind of made it a little bit the thing is yeah like jeff daniel's character i think what happened with me is i mistook his pretentiousness as the film's pretentiousness but in a way Noel Baumbach was criticizing his character, which I believe is based on his own father. So I can forgive that a little bit. But when I first saw the film, I hated all of the uh, sort of upper middle class white um, values, I guess, of the film. Like these are affluent people. And I just didn't like it. It just irked me. Like all the references to obscure films and artists and music. And it just irked me. But now that I've seen it again, I really like it. And for the record... um, Noah Baumbach's second best film after Marriage Story is Francis Ha. But getting back to Marriage Story, again, just when you think you, you're sick of Scarlett Johansson, you watch that movie and you realize how freaking good she is. Mm-hmm. And I also appreciate that she had a shorter hairstyle and was less glamorous looking than she usually is in her films. Yeah, her and Adam Driver just look totally like two normal uh, parents trying to get trying to get by. 
Right, right, so right. They, yeah, they play a married couple who, what, they meet in the theater? Yes, yes. And I believe it's it's based on Noah Baumbach's real life. And so Adam Driver's Noah Baumbach and Scarlett Johansson is uh, his current wife, uh, who I love also. She directed Little Women. Oh, come on. Married to Greta Gerwig. There you go. Greta, Greta Gerwig, yes. And mm-hmm. um, and then his real, in real life, his ex-wife would have been Jennifer Jason Lee, who is played, like her character is played by someone else in the film. I can't remember. But, oh, Laura Dern? Uh, who, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, wait. She's the, Laura Dern is the, th- like the therapist or right. the divorce lawyer. Divorce lawyer. Well, you know, I, a lot of people were angry. I, not a lot of people, but I mean, one tweet I saw <laughs> where someone was like, no, Baumbach's an asshole for making a movie about, you know, his affair with um, Greta Gerwig. And I was like, well, Jennifer Jason Lee's not angry. So why are you? Jennifer Jason Lee, like, read the screenplay. I was like, yeah, this is great. You yeah. know, like, I mean, whatever. They're I mean, fr- I, Yeah, I mean, if they're friends. Right, right. They're still friends, right. It's crazy. I mean, I... I would probably she's probably handling a divorce better than I would, but but in any case, yeah, some people are like that. He's you know again, he's sort of like he's become like to me the heir apparent of Woody Allen, right? Like he's writing these dramas that are mostly based on his own real life. And like I said, if you liked Marriage Story, watch Francis Ha because Francis Ha is excellent in my opinion. Unfortunately, unfortunately, back to Squid and the Whale. It's just mm. too much. The film is too much of a white space for me to like right. be able to really get into. I can appreciate the story for what it means to the director, but I just it's just not a film that I enjoy. Like entertainment wise as a film. Uh, you know, and you raised a good point uh, that people criticize him and I think even Wes Anderson for not for not really casting any minorities. And mm. I think the truth is, is because their films are based on mostly, not autobiographical, but based on what they know. Unfortunately, that's their world, right? Like they, I think they both grew up in richer white families and probably yeah. New York and that's all they know, right? So yeah, I mean, and then Wes Anderson's just out there romanticizing India. Right, right, yeah, a little bit odd so. there. <laughs> all right, so that's it for Scarlett Johansson. There are so many films that could have made this list. There are, there was there one that I really wanted to add. No, I thought about doing like uh, a like a runner up, but I didn't do that. All right, so I'll just say as your one thing, um, there were a bunch that I had that I that I would cut out when I found something new. So I'll just say there was at least two or three other ones that could have made my list that I cut out. Yeah, like she was her. Mm-hmm. Her was a good one. Yeah, I thought about putting her on there too, but I was, even just her voice. But mm. I was like, am I putting her on this list because Joaquin Phoenix is really great in it as well? Or, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and do you know I think the same might be f- uh, for one film. No, 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 no. This is all based on our paths, his track okay. record. So speaking of miraculous film stars, um, we also decided we're going to do we're going to give you a double header. Yes. <laughs> Two of our very favorites. Because the idea here is that we're ranking a tiered list based on our preferences. 
uh, of actors who are comics adjacent. So ScarJo is best known as the Black Widow, uh, was best known as the mm. Black Widow, because I yeah. think I think the idea is that Florence Pugh is replacing her. I hope so. Is yes. that what happens in the comics? No. Oh, there. Yes, her character, the other Black Widow, does exist. I used to have the miniseries where she was introduced. I don't remember what happens, but she had blonde hair. Uh, do you guys show images here? No. No? Black Widow? Okay. Well, anyway, if you look up Black Widow, the short the shortcut to it is Black Widow J.G. Jones. It'll bring up a series that he did around 1999. And when you see the blonde-haired Black Widow, that is the character, I believe, that Florence Pugh is playing. Again, I should probably know more about this because, you know, I read so many comics, but it's just it's been so long I don't remember this issue. Yeah, we'll drop it like on Instagram or uh, with our hashtag or something. Okay. We'll just place it in social media. But yeah, for the most part, it's just our faces talking. Okay. And also, uh, well, one, one more thing. Florence Pugh in that movie, Black Widow, she was better, better. than Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought about adding it as an honorable mention as a goodbye to a wonderful character. But I was like, no, she still wasn't good. No, she wasn't. She was better in her as just a voice a than she was. And then there was another film that, I mean, shouldn't make my list, but honestly, because, again, they cast Scarlett Johansson and everything. Um, Ghost in the Shell. I really liked that movie. I didn't see it. Uh, it's really good. She plays a robot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there was like... Um, a Joseph Gordon-Levitt film that she's in. Oh, is it? Oh, my God. There's just so many. She plays she plays the girlfriend, and she's like a really thick New Jersey accent. Okay. Does it work? Oh, it's cute. It's super cute. And to be honest, I, I feel like I should have put that on the list above Vicky Cristina Barcelona. But Vicky Cristina Barcelona, I feel like, may have been like one of the... Uh, yeah, it just it's it's just a personal fave. So okay, yeah. and one more thing, I have to give extra points to Scarlett Johansson for marrying Colin Jost. Yes, Colin Jost is not your typical, you know, beefcake Hollywood leading man. Because Scarlett Johansson could get any man in the world she wants, but the fact that she chose Colin Jost makes me admire her just a little bit more. <laughs> anyway, she married a suit that looks like he went to Princeton. It is yeah. a cat. Yeah. It is like an accountant or librarian. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. What is uh? What does Leslie Jones call him? White chocolate. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, but he, their repertoire was awesome. I hope in the future that like Leslie Jones goes after Scarlett Johansson in a funny way. Well, it'd be funny. Her man. Or to do a skit, it would have been funny to do like a, a Black Widow parody with her as the new Black Widow. But anyway. Okay. 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 Now for the main event. Never mind Scarlett Johansson. Who cares about her when this man walks the earth? Right. Exactly. Oh, it's our boy. Sorry, Becca. It's our boy, Robert Pattinson. Okay. So this is he's he is now thank Christ comics adjacent. Mm -hmm. Would you like to tell the viewers at home how that has happened? Well, he was uh, recently cast in a film that will be, will be coming out soon called The Batman. I'm sure you've all heard about it. 
Um, thankfully, replacing Ben Affleck, who I'm not a fan of. I know some people are. That's fine. But this is one of those casting you know, deci- decisions where when it happened, for me, I, I, I never would have in a million years imagined it. But as soon as they said it, I was like, of course. Of course he's perfect for it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm a fan of Matt Reeves, the director. So, ooh, and that trailer, I think the trailer won over a lot of naysayers. Anyone who had any doubts about the film, once you see that trailer, um, I don't know. I mean, Superman's my favorite character, but there's just something about a new Batman movie come out, coming out that just gets me so excited. So anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like... My favorite thing to do is uh, once there's a new Batman announced, I like to look at pictures of the actor as Bruce Wayne and then the actor in the costume with Batman. And I'm like, this is the only time where I've seen both side by side where I'm like, yes, he mm-hmm. is Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's kind of yes. hard, hard to tell that it's him in the bat suit. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yep. Like, I mean... First of all, <laughs> let's just talk about his appearance. He has the perfect jaw, yes. right? So Bat- Batman has to have a perfect jaw. Granted, Michael Keaton didn't, but that's okay. He's a great actor. But Robert Pattinson has a perfect jaw. He has a perfect face, so that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, he- he's probably thinner than the average Batman actor. Like, I mean, my- again, Michael Keaton was just like an average Joe. And then Ben Affleck was like Frank Miller's Dark Knight, like this gig- almost like a football player, like gigantic, beefy, which fit that role. But Robert yeah. Pattinson is much slimmer from what I know, right? Yeah, he's like, and but he's not gaunt. He's like a lean, mm-hmm. um, he has like a runner's build, right. like a soccer player. Right, right, right. Or a football player for our Belgian fans. Right, there you go. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, he's, he's, sorry. Oh no no! <laughs> I just I'm talking about his body, but anyway, um, the other thing is, for me in my mind, we haven't even mentioned Christian Bale, who I love Christian Bale, but Christian Bale and Robert Pattinson physically are what I picture as Bruce Wayne. Like Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne is supposed to be a rich playboy, and they both fit that bill. Whereas in my opinion, Ben Affleck doesn't. And and Michael, to be fair, I love Michael Keaton, but he doesn't really fit the bill either. He doesn't really no. look like what you picture Bruce Wayne as, right? So, I think this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, and I would even I would even venture off the beaten path and be like Val Kilmer, George Clooney. George Clooney doesn't look like Batman or Bruce Wayne. But he, the only thing but I'll he give made him, a good Bruce Wayne, right? Because he can that is Bruce Wayne, like that charming. Uh, you know, um, suave kind of playboyish thing. So he can play that because that's what. George Clooney is. Whereas, what's his name? Val Kilmer is kind of in the middle. He mm-hmm. is, like, Val Kilmer is, like, a cocky, like, just prick. Like, his character in Ice in uh, Top Gun, Iceman, that's Val Kilmer in real life. So he, he could, he pulled off, he was maybe a better Batman than a Bruce Wayne. But anyway. Yeah. Okay, so, um, okay. there are, there are not a lot of films to pick from. Only 38-ish. But, mm. we were able to pick five of our faves. Do you want to start with your five, your fifth? Sure. So uh, I went first this time, yeah. No, I went first last time. You can go first this time if you want. Oh, okay. Okay. So, number five for me is a film that I saw right after the, right after Just Inside. I'm not sure the during the Twilight series. It was a film called Little Ashes where he mm. plays Salvador Dali. Interesting. Never seen that. Yeah, a series of wigs. 
and a very mousy Salvador Dali accent get him through this film. And at, to be honest, I was like, I was shocked mm-hmm. that that he, um, because in my mind, when I think about Edward Cullen, the vampire, mm-hmm. I don't remember him speaking a lot. But then, I mean, obviously, in my yearly rewatches of the Twilight series, <laughs> you go back and you realize he talks a lot as Edward Cullen, mm-hmm. like more than Kristen Stewart as Bella Swan talks. Really? Okay. Yeah. And that he actually, it's almost as if he's winking at the camera to tell you he knows that this is a little bit silly. Oh, but that yes. this will make him a star. Uh, you, uh, apparently, uh, there's a lot of, if you listen to the DVD commentaries, there's a lot of that as well. Like him just flat out making fun of the films. So I guess it's kind of refreshing to know, don't get me wrong, I love the Twilight films. I saw them all in the theater. But um, it's it's good to know that he was aware of how silly the whole premise was. But he was also like, yeah, but I'm not going to turn down the chance to be in this film. You know, because there, let me just quickly, quick aside, there have been some actors that have turned down famous roles. Um, for example, um, the movie, uh, what's it called? Um... La La Land. I don't know if you know this, but Brian Ryan Gosling was the second choice. Did you know that? I think so. Yeah, the first choice was what's his name? Miles Teller from Whiplash. What? And Miles Teller was like, "No, it's not enough money, so I'm not going to do it." And they're like, "Oh, how about instead we get the biggest leading man in the world? How about that?" So he's kicking himself in the ass now, right? Miles anyway. Teller? Yeah. I couldn't even imagine it in that role. I could. He's wonderful. But he was making that Transformers money. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Was he in that? I think he was in the... Was he in the newer ones? No. No, I don't think he was. No, he was in Fantastic Four, or Fanforstic, as some people call it. But uh, we won't talk about that. Oh, do you know what? Maybe he wasn't... Okay, yeah. Oh, what an idiot. What a dumb move. He's not mm-hmm. an idiot, but that was a dumb move. Yeah. Do you know I feel like he would have been a better dancer than Ryan Gosling, though? Ooh, really? Yeah, possible. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Mm-hmm. Our Canadian brother. <laughs> I'm going to choke. I'll fill some time <laughs> while you're talking. Um, there, was a, there was another movie I just saw recently where, oh, it was, um, oh, it was somebody who turned down, oh, it was, they turned down, was it Spider-Man? No. I can't remember. Sorry, that, that you can cut that part out. But anyway, yeah, um, there's nothing better than reading about actors that turn down famous roles and then regret it later because whatever. <laughs> Feel sorry okay. for them. So yeah, Little Ashes. Uh, I recommend that you see it. It's totally awesome. Um, it's you can watch it. You can watch it streaming for free on Here TV online. Um, it really. Aside from being like sort of, it's not really a biopic and it is a biopic, but it also sheds more light on like sort of Salvador Dali's romantic relationship with a man, which I wasn't totally aware of as a heart, an art historian. Like I just didn't really delve too deeply into Salvador Dali, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was, it was more about how, like his days in school and how he, um, you know, how he made friends with the people he was friends with. Mm-hmm. 
I think there well, there's a member of the New York Five in there, pigeonholed in there somewhere, and it's like really amazing. It it makes you realize, oh yeah, that's right. Salvador Dali was living up until a certain point. I was still alive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that is weird. That is weird yeah. to think about. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's a great film. It's a great film. Your number five, though. Uh, my number five. This is not a great film, but he's good in it. It's The Devil All the Time. <gasps> yeah, which Here is on Netflix, I believe. It came out last year. Yes. Uh, it co-stars Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Cove, Jason Clark, Sebastian Stan, who's Winter Soldier, Haley Bennett, Eliza Scanlon, uh, pardon me if I pronounce this wrong, uh, Mia Vazikovska, uh, and Robert Pattinson, obviously. But um, it's uh, it's a psychological thriller. Again, not a great movie, but it's it's really cool to see this ensemble of all these actors, you know, doing this film um, set in the South, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was a fairly good movie. Not as good as I wanted it to be, but it was worth seeing. And Robert Pattinson was great in it. So, Oh, do you know what? Now that you say that, I'm thinking about it and I'm going to move it on my list. Yeah, I had it really high, and then I'm like, uh, I keep going back to another one and debating which one was better. But anyway, it's not my number four, though. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Okay. Okay. I I I really loved that movie, though. The Devil All the Time. I th- and I think I liked it because of Tom. I liked it because of him. It was really. He was super creepy, though. Um, it was a good, still, the tone was really cool in that film. Yeah, definitely. It was, it had like, I was really surprised that it was a, a Netflix joint because it had like no country for old men vibes. Right, right, right. Which I agree with was that. also, was like, an also a great feeling because mm-hmm. no country for old men also has that, uh, like HBO Clark, yeah, almost like True Detective or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and I thought, noir. yeah, I thought that finally we were at a turning point for Netflix in their um their original se- films and series, but you know, we really just got to back get back to things like P.S. I Love You and to all the boys I loved before and Never Have I Ever's. So <laughs> yeah, they've got to up their game. Yeah, they have as many bad movies as good movies. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my um, we'll move right to my uh, right into number four. Um, I chose a pretty well-known film, um, mainly because of everybody who's in it with him. And now that is, uh, let me just get the date for this film: 2011's Water for Elephants, based on a novel, which I haven't seen. Yeah, he plays. It's set in the 30s. And I'm just going to read this right off of IMDb. A former veterinary student takes a job in a traveling circus. That's Robert Pattinson. And -hmm. falls in love with the ringmaster's wife. Reese with a spoon. (laughs) And the ringmaster? Christoph Waltz. (laughs) Oh, nice. Okay. I'm in. It's so good. Um, It's probably just, it's like, it's got Nicholas Sparks written all over it. Uh, It's just anyway it's it's just the cinematography is beautiful everything is brown just like you assume everything in the 1930s to be and yeah it's great what's your Uh, number four my number four okay so this is representative of a series 
I'm not sure if you can guess what series it is. It's not Twilight, though, but I picked Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh! Yes. Oh, my God, how dare I? I forgot about that film. Did you pick any Harry Potters? I did not. He was really? Only, he was no, only he was in, in one. Oh, apparently he was in two. I forgot about this, but he was in Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix. Now, maybe... Oh, sorry. Order of Phoenix was only flashback. It was mm-hmm. only like archive footage. Okay, so Goblet of Fire was the one he was in. And I didn't realize it was directed by Mike Newell, who directed Donnie... Oh, Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco. Which oh, is you thought it was Donnie... Uh, I was like, Donnie Dark? Oh, no, Donnie Brasco. Okay, that makes more sense. But um, <laughs> I can't remember, to be honest. I, I'd have to watch them all again. I don't remember which one is the better... Or, or the, you know, I believe this was one of the good ones, right? Goblet of Fire, right? Yeah, it's the one where there's a huge tournament and other schools, you meet other schools. So there's a school from France, there's a school from Russia, and they come and they compete in the Triwizard Tournament. Mm-hmm. And each school gets one champion. And Cedric Diggory is the mm-hmm. Hogwarts champion. But wouldn't you know... Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Harry gets drawn too as mm-hmm. the second Hogwarts champion, and because we, because that world is a magic one, they can't just like. And even though the rules state that you have to be a certain age, they're like, "Well, the Goblet has spoken. Harry might die." <laughs> like, awesome. The stakes were so high in. You don't realize it because you think it's just a game, but then. One of them turns into a shark. And then the first, what is it? The first challenge is dragons. You know, uh, you, how many times, I've, I've only seen that movie once. How many times have you seen it? 10 million times. Yeah, see, like, I don't remember. I remember the tournament, but I'd have to go back and rewatch it. But, you know, these jokes about sparkling vampires are so old because not only has Robert Pattinson been in other films, he was in a freaking Harry Potter movie. So come on. Everyone yeah. has seen Harry Potter, right? Like, geez, everyone forgets. Yeah, and not it. not only is he in the Harry Potter movie, but he's Hufflepuff house, which is my house. So <laughs> Michael's like a Ravenclaw, so don't worry. But <laughs> anyway, but that's that's not the house that no one wants to be in. Okay. Okay. Wait, did someone force? Did anyone force you to take a quiz yet? The house Me? quiz? Oh yeah. yeah, I've been sorted. Yes, of course. That's not. Are you in Ravenclaw? Uh, honestly, I don't remember. It's been like four years, so I don't remember. How do you forget? How do you just not wear it on your sleeve? I do love Harry Potter, but I just I'm not you know as into the lore. Like I said, I've only seen I've only seen each of the films once, except for the first two I've seen twice. So. Okay. 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 Maybe we'll resort you. Anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what was that? Your number three. That was my number four. So now it's your turn for number four, right? Uh, oh, my number four was Water for Elephants. So okay. we're on to number three. Okay. Okay. This is where I placed the devil all the time. Okay, cool. I really, uh, I really enjoyed his performance. If you just segregated his performance from the film mm-hmm. and then put it up against all of these other roles... That is what I based my decision on. Okay. What's your number three? My number three is a movie called Cosmopolis, directed by David Cronenberg. Yeah. Canada. 
Uh, now, David Cronenberg is not my favorite director, but he is an auteur. He does what he wants. He's Canadian. He's been around forever. And this was the movie, Cosmopolis, where I kind of realized, okay, thankfully Robert Pattinson is going to have a career post-Twilight. Like, he's doing other things. He's trying different things. He's not going the, you know, failed action movie route. He's going the art house film route, which was the smart move, and it paid off for him. Uh, again, it's not the greatest movie, but to see him in it, he, he gives a great performance. So I recommend it for that. Do you know what? <sighs> okay. Then I have a, there's, then I have a tie for my okay. number, for my number two, because not only do I remember that film, but I was like, oh, well, sorry. Not only did I not remember that film, but just now when you talked about it, I was like, how did I forget that movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my number two is Good Time. Which I've never seen. Oh, well, okay. So him and his, uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to get this wrong. Let me just pull up a short synopsis of what Good Time is about. These guys directed Uncut Gems? Okay, I'm going to watch this. Josh and Benny Safdie. Wow, okay. So he, Robert Pattinson attempts to rob a bank. Mm -hmm. Uh... With his disabled brother, who is played by Benny Safdie. I am, you know what people say, you know, they'll put it on their list. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a list and I'm putting <laughs> it on my list right now. Did you just, did you just move it to the top because it's our pads? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Well, good. Good. It's on Netflix. So you get into it. Okay. <laughs> so the thing is, um, they don't do it so well. And he's kind of a schmuck. Mm. Um, and... The police, um, this is where it's kind of like messed up. This is the kind of, and it's, he, this is the kind of brother he is. They nab his, uh, developmentally challenged brother because Mm -hmm. he's slow to get away. Robert Pattinson runs off and then he, the story unfolds from there. Okay. So yeah, um, it's, it's really good. It's, Robert Pattinson annoyed me to no end in this film, but that is really? just a testament okay. to his good acting abilities. Right. Yeah. He is not a good person in this movie. And you're just, and this is another one of those films where like he took an indie role, like an right. indie role and, <laughs> and it paid off. Mm-hmm. And like, he knew it would pay off because one day we would be making a list and it would make my number two. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think we have the same number one. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do the, the count of three? Yeah. Ready? Okay. Three, two, two one. one. The Lighthouse. Breaking Dawn Part Two. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got you again. <laughs> Are you serious? Okay. Yes, yeah, The Lighthouse. I love The Lighthouse. Are you kidding? Breaking Dawn Part Two. I noticed we didn't mention any Twilights. Now that was on purpose, right? I love Twilight, but come on. I yeah, like, uh, which one is the one where you actually, where he tries to, to commit suicide in Italy? It's it was it goes uh, Twilight. I don't remember. Oh God, I'm terrible. Breaking Dawn. Oh, it would it would be Twilight then. Breaking Dawn, then I don't know. I can look them up. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna look them up right now. Yeah, 
But while you're looking that up, I'll just say The Lighthouse is directed by Robert Eggers, mm. who we all know from The Witch, one of my favorite horror films. Um, the Lighthouse, it kind of came and went. Not a lot of people saw it, but it's an excellent movie. It's not a typical story. It's not, um, like it's a, there's a little bit of surrealism in there, right? Like, I don't really want to spoil anything, but I think there's also the sense that you're not ever really sure quite what's going on. Um, there's really only two actors, maybe three in the film, maybe four. That is it. It's not for everybody, but if you can appreciate that a movie can do anything, this is the movie for you. It's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New Moon. It was New Moon. Okay, <laughs> New Moon. And also, i got to say the timing was right, because I think this movie was the first movie that came out after he was announced as in the bat for the Batman film. So it was kind of like the timing was like, Oh really? You think he just can do Twilight? Okay, here's the lighthouse and yeah, I, and and just at that time too, it, it, it of it coming out, they had put Good Time on Netflix in Canada, mm. and people were going back in time to see what he else he had been in, and then they were watching things like Cosmopolis, Bellamy, and like and saying, "Hey, this guy is really good." Mm-hmm. And a lot of things like uh, there is a couple that I didn't put on here, mostly because they were like they were just terrible movies. They weren't great movies, but the great. people he played in them, he played so well. Like he was in a movie called The Lost City of Z or Zed okay. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another really good. OK, let's just talk about The Lighthouse for a second before sure. we get to our honorable mentions. But like. It's just him. It's just him. He gets announced as Batman. And it's been a it's been a minute since we've seen Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. and his penis. Like, because mm-hmm. he had just been doing films with uh what's his name? Yes, uh Lars von Trier. That's like it. uh Antichrist. Hey, if you want to see a close up of, you know, Willem Willem Dafoe's dick, actually his balls and dick. Mm-hmm. um from below but anyway um <laughs> that's the movie for you but yeah um from again, below. you know we just saw spider-man uh willem dafoe is great in that but i mean it, it's you know it's a superhero film this is a drama um anyway it's excellent again not for everybody but if you can appreciate films that are not that go off the beaten path this is for you i think Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's talk about honorable mentions because I can't stop talking about our boyfriend, our pads. Um, did you ever see a movie in 2012 called Bellamy? No, I didn't. No. Okay, so he plays like this retired war soldier who it's it's like very Victor it's like Victorian maybe England. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway. He's penniless, penniless. It's 1880s. It's in Paris. And he befriends like. Yeah, Paris. Uh, yeah. No, uh, he be, he befriends uh, women. OK. And creates like his relationships with them. And it's crazy because the women are with Thurman, Christina Ricci. 
Mm-hmm. And who's that third one? Kristen Scott Thomas. Right. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> yeah. And like I watched the trailer. I decided not to put it on there because it's just not a seller film. Mm-hmm. But again, he's so good in it. Anyway, like how do you root for a penniless soldier? How? Who sleeps with and womanizes? How do you root for him? You cast Robert Pattinson. That's how. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe I haven't seen The Lost City of Z or Zed. I'll have to see that. Right? He plays like a, was it, archaeologist? Uh, yeah, it looks like. I haven't <laughs> seen it, yeah. But th- th- to be honest, there are a lot of Robert Pattinson films I still haven't seen that I have to see. I've seen, I mean, he sh- like we said, he's only done half of um, the number that Scarlett Johansson's done. Wait a minute. Okay, I don't know how this happened. You realize mm. I skipped... My number two film. How did that happen? Well, yeah. What? I, did you skip yours? My number two is Good Time. Okay, slash I didn't. Cosmopolis. I didn't mention mine. Can I say it now? Yes, you can. Okay. Tenet by Christopher Nolan. I, How did we forget? That? I have no idea. Um, I know it's a lot of people didn't like this film. Yes, it was dry. Yes, it was a little bit. The characters were underdeveloped, but. I thought the plot was incredible. Just like every Christopher Nolan film, the the twist is incredible. I mean, again, as long as you can accept the fact that it's a little bit dry, uh, I think this was a great movie. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that it came out during the COVID pandemic because it didn't make a lot of money, but it was still, I guess it was the fifth highest grossing film of the year, so it still did really well. So, recommended film. Yeah. And he's great in it. Yeah, and... Don't listen to those critics online. Mm-hmm. The audio problems are not that bad, and they're all the same audio problems that every Christopher Nolan movie has. Right. I think people are just like wanting to complain. I honestly don't know what they hear that I don't hear. Like, I'm not an audio guy, but obviously, the fact that all of his films people complain about, as far as the audio, there must be something he's doing no one else is doing that I'm not seeing, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't hear it either. But right. I mean, I'm half deaf from all the concerts I attended as a Ute. Me too. So Me too. Uh, let's see. Okay. Do what before we wrap this up on our paths, because I just I really just don't want to stop talking about him. Let's just end this with our favorite of the Twilight series, shall we? Since none of us, we didn't pick neither of us picked any Twilight movies. Well, to be fair, I think the first one's probably the best. For me, at least, because the way it introduces the characters and gets everything going, I think they're all fairly entertaining. But that one, <laughs> fairly entertaining. But that one, like I remember when, because I saw that film. I didn't see it at the theater. I think I, I think I watched it with you on, um, you know, DVD or whatever. And it was one of those like, how have I not seen this movie yet? This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know there's a lot of hatred towards Twilight. I don't understand the hatred. It, these are not masterpieces, but they're entertaining as fuck. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> okay. And as much as I love uh, the introduction of werewolves, I also feel like it wasn't great um, when they introduced uh, Jacob as a love interest. We are both, just in case you didn't realize it by now, we're both Team Edward. So I too will have to go with, I really want to go with New Moon, but he really treats Bella like garbage. Mm-hmm. And he's away from most of the film. And Bella is like, 
doing that weird thing where she's like so upset that maybe she's been broken up with that like she's depressed Mm -hmm. and tries to like put herself in danger through the whole movie and then jacob's trying to just like kiss her while she's in danger and i hated that movie anyway um so i'm gonna go with twilight as well with breaking dawn part two coming in a close second okay um because who doesn't love a big fight with the volturi i mean they came to forks to end the Colin line and it was grand those two, the last two were weird because those were the only ones where they broke up the film, the novels into two films. So I did feel like the last two were stretching things out, things out a little bit. And then the fact that that whole final battle scene in Breaking Dawn Part 2 apparently was just a vision or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That really didn't sit well with me. But it was still oh. an, it was an entertaining movie, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so many people died. So mm-hmm. many people died. I'm pretty sure, like... Daddy Colin died. Mommy Colin died. They got like their heads pulled off in that vision. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah. So Twilight. <laughs> I mean, just the sheer, the, again, a testament to his acting ability. You don't realize it that he's given it his all until you go back and you watch and you're like, you know, that just that look of disgust where he's pretending to like resist her smell Mm -hmm. Oscar worthy. I agree. Anyway. So if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, send us great mail, send us a tweet. (laughs) This is where we show our age tweet at us. (laughs) Uh, Write us a Facebook message. You know what? Don't write us. Send us an email chain letter. Yeah. Just make sure it's all like sparkling gifts though Mm -hmm. of, Edward Cullen is a vampire. That's it. That's all we want. Um, the You can listen to this episode and every other episode of the Full Volume Podcast on the Comic Book Syndicate uh, online at www.comicbooksyndicate.com or on our YouTube channel at Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, it's also, we are also on all of our socials. So that's Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Comic Book Syndicate or at Comic Syndicate. Um, yeah, you can pretty much listen to us on any platform that you listen to your favorite podcast. Just search the full volume podcast under the comic book syndicate network. Woo. Uh, All right. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. I'd like to thank (laughs) Michael, Mike L, uh, for being my co-host today. Brent will be back with us soon, but stay tuned for next week's episode where we rank me and another person who you've, you've who's very familiar from the Here Comes the Spider cast uh, world universe. Our universes will collide where me and Josh, Joshua Marvell, will be discussing our top five favorite Will Smith properties. Whoa! <laughs> I don't think I'd have any on that list, so it's probably better that I skip that one. So no, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought about making it um, like a tag team. I was like, no, Mike's not going to want to do that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know if I can think of one. I mean, I think I liked. Was he in Under Siege? Or no, The Siege. The Siege. That was a good movie. That was about it. So oh, you didn't see that one where he was? Um, it was like his very first film. Which one? Oh. 
I've seen Ali. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of his, but anyway. But anyway. It was good. Okay. Well, uh, all right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Okay, see ya. Oh, sorry, this is our call sign. Oh. Um, keep it loud. Keep it what? I can't hear you. What? Get that full volume. Okay. Ready? Ready? Okay. Until next time, keep it loud. Keep it at full volume. Bye. Bye.